Hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast, Culture and Faith, with your hosts, Rashad and Justin. And today is our first episode in which we will be discussing the current crisis in our country, in the entire world, that is COVID-19, the coronavirus. So how you been doing, man? Good. Michelle? Good. Hanging in there. I'm trying to uh, maintain myself not getting sick from this coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I've been thinking about was... Um, and just uh, some preparing for this podcast with some of the things that's going on in the world and and how this thing even began. And one of the thoughts I had was, do you really think that this virus was contracted naturally or do you think it was something created as a biological weapon in China to quell the tension that was going on there with the uprising? Well, I definitely believe it was... Uh created i don't believe the whole scenario with it came from bats yeah i think it's crazy man (laughs) it's ridiculous Um, yeah it's just it's just the way it happened you know uh uh, coming out of uh wuhan which is uh where the laboratory where it was created you Mm -hmm. know uh sits at so yeah yeah i I think the whole thing man it, it just seems very mysterious that you don't know where this thing came from and the media like you just mentioned a second ago talking about you know well at first it was saying it came from bats i heard one report talking about it came out of a fish market or something like that mm-hmm. and i'm just thinking like this and and the funny thing is because my wife she's a surgeon so the coronavirus is nothing new this has been around forever Right. Now, the question is, you know, what type of strain of coronavirus this thing is, is probably the main, the main issue. But I'm thinking, like, for it to be this deadly, quote-unquote, um, I'm thinking it was probably some type of biologically manipulated virus. And I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah I'm, that's what I'm thinking. And I'm thinking that it... It probably has, <clears throat> the, well, the person's, this is all speculation, but I'm thinking the person who's behind this, they have a political agenda more than likely, whether it's something that was um, for China or here in America or even something globally. But the, the main thing is, I think in my estimation, for us to believe that this thing was just it just came out of nowhere as a natural cause. I think to me, that would be very ignorant, I think. That's just my opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think everyone would agree with that. Uh, yeah. But uh, then again, That's fair. I mean, uh, if, if you do your research on it, I mean, it, it seems like more or less like it, it was something created. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I, I think the virus is one issue. But then I also think the media promoting it is another issue. Like, to me, it, it, just, it just seems like the, the media has sensationalized this whole entire, this, this, this virus. Now, I want to be careful with this because it's true that people are dying. That's without a question. People are dying. Right. Um, it is, a, it can be a serious uh, infection for some people, especially people that have 
underlying health conditions who are older because the majority of the deaths are people that are 80 and above, et cetera, 70 and above, and they have other issues. But, and, and this has been brought up in the media about as far as like, you know, the similarities with the flu and things of the sort, like the flu right. has been serious and everything like that. But then I just think like, you know, why is there so much media attention given to this when the majority of the people who do catch it actually recover, recover and don't need any, any medical attention? Right. So why is the, why is there so much, I don't know what you want to call it, hype? Is it? I mean, I'm thinking it's, it's more or less hype by the media. Why is it so much? What, what, like what is fear mongering? Is that something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like, you know. That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they truly are blowing it up bigger than it, than it needs to be. Um, again, I don't take any of the seriousness away from it. I, I do right. agree that it's something serious, and especially for for you know uh, very young children or or anyone sixty or above. You know, yeah. Um, I know for my mother being about sixty eight and having asthma and other breathing issues. Right, right, right. Know, I'm very concerned for her as well. But, right, right. Uh, yeah, I think that they're um, they're really blowing it out of proportion, yeah. and they're causing a lot of fear, which is causing panic shopping and right. you know, shortages of things that, that, that a lot of people need right. you know, sitting home. Right, right. And that's, and that's the thing. I'm thinking like, you know, like my parents, my, my father, he's, he's 70. My mother is, I think, 67, I think it is. And, of course, you know, I'm concerned about them catching it, even though they're in great health. But, you know, there is a concern for the elderly. Like my grandmother, she's 90, I think 93. Mm. So, you know, it's a real concern for her. But then I also think, how can I put this? Like, say, for instance, if I had the flu right. or some other similar illness like the coronavirus, something similar to that, you know, wouldn't you think that, or what would we be as concerned? Like, say, for instance, I came down with the flu, would I want to be around my grandmother? You know, so I would take the precautions of being, I would take the precautions myself from not spreading it because I don't want I don't want to you know spread it to somebody else right you know um, I mean you to be real well we should take the precautions even when we have a common cold right because you can spread that you know right. I remember when my daughter was in in daycare now we got a nanny but when she was in daycare she would get sick all the time and so when she would get sick mom and daddy get sick if you're around other kids right who are touching their face and nose right. And- Right, playing together and, and touching toys, and you know, of right. course, that's what's gonna happen. That's what, that's what happens. So, you know, I just I feel as though like the because there is this media component, and we know that from history, the media, of course, here in the U.S., unfortunately, a lot of the information they put out. I mean, I would say this: they have an agenda, um, and I think this is one of the agendas that is being promoted for whatever reason. I think. A lot of it's due to the election this year. Yeah, I think um, I think with this being centered right now throughout this nation as being the focus, now is like you know, what is President Trump going to do? You know, how is he going to handle this? And in my estimation, I think he's he's put in a corner because if he if he doesn't take this virus seriously. 
they gonna be he's gonna be criticized for that. And then the people who have died, he's it's gonna be thrown in his face like, well, he didn't take it serious enough, or et cetera, et cetera. But on the flip side, if he goes too far with it and the economy collapses, then that's gonna be an issue. So then it's like, okay, well, what does he do? How far does he go on either end? How, is there is there an actual winning possibility for him in this? I believe so. I believe so. Um, it definitely looks like uh, an, another, um, uh, you know, something else thrown at him, uh, especially, mm-hmm. you know, after this whole impeachment thing. Now this this virus, they're like, oh, like you said earlier, there's something else we can mm-hmm. we can try to get him out of office with. Yeah. So it, it is kind of perfect timing coming that you know he's pretty much got the election in the bag, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> without I without so saying too. a word yet, you know, as far as uh, going out and campaigning. So yeah, um, yeah, I think this is their their final shot at trying to to uh, get him out of there. Whether they engineered that to to happen this way or they just seen an opportunity for right. us. That's how I feel. I, you know, to me, and, and I shared this with a couple other people. I said, "This is why. This is why I have my suspicions about um, this coronavirus and the timing of it. Because you got to think for the last what two and a half, well, th- well, four years now. But for the first two and a half years, it was the Russian collusion thing. That was one thing, and that proved to be false. And there's so many issues that we could talk about that forever. But then after that was the impeachment." Right. With the whole Ukrainian thing. And then, um, you know, that's been thrown out, whatever. And then right after that, here comes the coronavirus. And, you know, to me, my, my, from my view, I don't think something of this large a magnitude happens spontaneously. I think it's, it's something that's planned. And, of course, I don't have a crystal ball to see, okay, so-and-so did it. But when I look at history, and this is kind of like a rabbit hole somewhat. <laughs> um, when I look at re- recent history, the last 20 years. Right. Like, for instance, when I think about 9-11. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know who's going to listen to this, but I don't believe that some radical Muslims commandeered airplanes and flew them into the World Trade Center in the Pentagon. I just don't believe that. With no type of ability to commandeer these these sophisticated jets. No, no way. Especially when they didn't have any real training on even how to fly them. That's that's a whole other a whole other case, but and there's so many other things that is um that points to that being just not true. Um now I do believe yes, of course there were explosions all that's a course, yeah. There were planes that hit the buildings, but I don't. I don't believe the narrative. The full. Do you think the planes hit the buildings, or something from the plane hit the building? Do you, Do you get I what think, I'm pushing at? I think. Well, I think you gotta look at all three, all before airplanes. The ones who hit the the ones who hit the World Trade Center, I believe they were airplanes. Um, the one who hit the Pentagon, I don't believe so. No. No, no, definitely um, not. And the one who crashed in, in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. That wasn't an airplane. I don't know what that was. <laughs> because the only picture they ever showed was... Like parts. a hole in the ground, right. Yeah, and, 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 and some trees in the background. Right, right. So. There's, there's so many different problems with that. And then, of course, when you look at World Trade Center 7, which was hit by a plane at all, 
that's another issue. So I think overall, when you look at the grand scheme of things, that narrative is full of just inconsistencies and lies. I mean, the one thing that, that if, if you really paid attention and for anybody that's ever seen it, I mean, I'm pretty sure most people have seen how a demolition works, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think it should have stopped right there after that. I mean, you really don't have to go any further when you understand that the buildings are, are, are still structured buildings. Right. Um, and that if anything was to be damaged at the top of the building, that'd be the end of it. That's right. the only damage that would have occurred. Right. Now, now, for a plane to hit the top of a building and then jet fuel does not burn hot enough to melt right. steel. So, um, And then the way the building collapses, it collapses the same way a demolition, right. you know, uh, a building that's been, you know, uh, put, they put explosives or whatever. And, right. Yeah, you know, it topples it just one level at a time from the bottom on up. Right, right, right. So yeah, I think like I think ultimately like the that whole narrative is is a is a is a false narrative. Did the did the buildings come down? Absolutely. Yeah. Now the the people involved behind it that's a whole another issue, and I think it's and the reason why I bring that up is I think it's very similar to what's going on with this coronavirus. I just think that this is another cog in the wheel, potentially a test run, to see how we can take away more freedoms of people. Because depending on where you're listening to this from, like here in Connecticut, I think they have now like a, um, well, they definitely have shut down a lot of different businesses and stuff like that and everything else. Right. And I think in New York, I think they're on full like no, shutdown. full 100%. Right. Yeah. And, I'm, and, uh, and this is the thing. This is this, this be real. I looked this morning and there was... Um, 7,000 cases in New York State. Now, New York State has over 8 million people. And I think there was about, I think, 30 deaths, I think it was, something like that. Right. I'm thinking, that is probably less than 0.001% of the population for the entire state. And they're pretty much in medical martial law. Right. And I'm thinking... Yeah, I get it that there is a real virus, but I'm thinking is this is does these measures yield to such a severe application of in my estimation like just total control? Because it's 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 like you can't do anything. Like if it's you can't go to work, so now you're not getting you're not making any money. And then businesses are suffering. Right. So it's like you begin to think like is this really these type of measures? Are they, are they called for? In my estimation, I don't think so. Well, I mean, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll have to disagree with that. I mm-hmm. think I think that um, even though we we look at it as something that that could have been uh, uh, created, it, it's still something that's spreading rapidly throughout the world, and I and I think that you know. Um, What's being put in place, uh, I think that it's necessary mm-hmm. to to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, if if we're gonna see this thing, you know, end uh, right, end right, right. I, I think that is important. Now, how we fall in line with what they ask is different. Now, are you going to fall in line when they actually come to do something that we don't agree with? Right. Um, mm-hmm. Or are we just doing this for the safety of one another and, and seeing this virus be eradicated? Right. 
So I guess I, I, I agree with that. I think I think my main issue is I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm saying when you have this type, this level of of um, I would say this economic delay, because now you're closing businesses, people not working, potentially business will shut down for good. I was at Friday's last night. I picked some food up from there. And the manager was saying, like, you know, if this goes on for two or three months, they probably won't be able to recover. So what I'm thinking is, and, it, it, and, I, and I get it, it's a, it's a serious situation from the virus. But on the same token, it's serious economically. Because if you allow this thing to go on, you may, we may actually enter into an economic collapse. And then you begin to ask the question, what will be more severe? An economic collapse, or yes, I understand. You know, we have to mitigate the the spread of the virus, but more of a and I don't know how that, I don't know how this looks. More of a not as aggressive response because if you get too aggressive in shutting everything down, you're gonna you're gonna have an economic fallout. Right. So it's like you know, which of these two evils do we go with, or how do we balance that? How what is the middle ground? And again, I come back to the fact of, yes, there are a lot of people that have it, but the majority of the people have recovered. Have recovered. Right. So, you know, I don't know. I, that's just how, that's, that's, that's how I'm thinking but, about but it. But then you have places like Italy where, what, 300 and some odd people died in one day. That's very true. That, that in Spain, I think it is, if, if, I'm, if I'm correct. Uh, there's so many bodies that they're not even counting them anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, um, our, I, I did read that, uh, I think, through the, the, the um, quarantine or the lockdown in Italy, um, police have already handed out 70,000 violations from people being out when they weren't supposed wow. to. So, I mean, uh, yeah. it all depends on the, the person, you know. Um, if, if we choose to, to be clean and, and do what, what we're supposed to do, um, maybe we see this thing go by with uh, mm. less casualties, <laughs> or you know. But, but see, that's the thing. This is the thing. So, for instance, say, say there's, say this is we're in March right now. Say by May, this thing is still going on, and there seems to be maybe somewhat of a of a let up. Do we continue to implement? businesses being closed, et cetera. Like, if you can see on the horizon mm -hmm. that this thing is going to take us into the summertime and you begin to look at the implications, like, okay, if people are not working and if businesses are closing, what are the ripple effects of that? And what comes to mind for me is this. If I don't have a job, and a lot of people don't have a lot of reserve funds right then I'm gonna have to find a way to eat and support my family and then that will go into the whole realm of hey if I can't buy it then I'm gonna take it and then that may go into violence and things of the sort so this is where I'm looking at it's down the road like can it be much worse if we allow things to be shut down and not dealing with this in a in a different way per se because those things I mean they're on the table. Yeah. 
I mean, it's human nature that you're not going to just lay down and die. Right. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, those, those things can definitely happen uh, if, if this thing continues to go through the summer. And I mean, I, I hope not. I mean, I have a hard time, I guess. It's probably messed up to say, but taking this thing serious, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like seeing all of the people with the masks, and it's, the it's surreal, and man. Getting really crazy yeah. with it, but at the same time, I do know it's serious, right? You know? So it's, I guess maybe it's just the shock of knowing, like, this thing coming out of nowhere and and and, and us not seeing it, you know? Right. I mean, I've only ever read about these things. Right, 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 right. To ever think that we would actually live through some kind of pandemic, you know? Right, it's uh, it's, it's kind of mind blowing. But you know what though, this is something I just thought about. Would this be truly classified as a pandemic? No, I don't believe so. Because just like about we it. call it that, but then you got the <laughs> the common flu that that kills. I think uh, I think in America alone, uh, uh, thirty six million people contract the flu, and I think now it could be wrong. Maybe it was the numbers from last year. Right. And, and and I think only like sixteen thousand deaths a year or something like right, that. Right, right. I mean, that should be considered a pandemic. That's what I'm saying. Like, but but that, that's what I'm saying. Like that's just here alone. Right. So why don't we call the flu a pandemic? I mean, why don't we? Well, I, I mean, think that goes back to what, what, what you were asking about the media and how how they play a role in in something so small. You know? Right. It's kind of like if I if I if you look at the whole. Um, uh, police shooting black people, right, 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 right. So that that number is probably really, really small, right. Right. But it's easy to just if you just focus on say maybe it's twenty cops in the country, and you focus on right. them, you can turn those twenty into twenty thousand. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying, man. Like this, this, this is, in my estimation, in my view, I think the media has done a I would say a fantastic job in a bad way of focusing on... I mean, let's make it this way. You can you can focus on anything. Like, say, for instance, if they want to hype up the common cold. No, they can. Easily. They can hype it up. Easily. And put as much fear in people as possible because people, unfortunately, a lot of people... Hopefully this podcast will open the eyes of some people to the media, but a lot of people have so much trust in the news media. And they don't understand how corrupt it really. I'll, at the very least, corrupt is a strong word, but I'll say at the very least how biased they are. No, I think you had it right the first time. Corrupt <laughs> is correct. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't try to be uh, really polite about that. I mean, I think yeah. that's the perfect word. Let's be honest. It's a. It's a huge propaganda machine. It is. I mean, come on. History always repeats itself. I mean. Hitler yeah. had those same tools. Right. North Korea uses those same tools on their people. Right. Yeah, look at them. They cry because they're told to. Right. I don't think most of those people <laughs> want to cry because a man that they didn't even know and at best was just a dictator, you know, who, right. who murdered millions of people. Um, but, you know, if you're obviously caught not crying, you're probably sent to the labor camp or killed on sight. Who knows? Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, man. So I, I, I tell you, man, I think... Um, at at the very crux of it all, like, yeah, we don't know the actual origin of this thing, which I I find to be very very interesting. How you how you how let's think about that. How can one not know? Oh, speaking hmm. of that, right? And I was trying to uh, figure out how it was um, I was like, where did I find this? But there was a um, so I had gotten a post on Facebook, 
And it was actually from my pastor. Mm-hmm. And it was out of a book that was written, I believe, in 1983 or 84. Mm-hmm. And it, this is... Uh, uh, a fiction book, right? Mm-hmm. And do you know that part of the book they say uh, the um, the Wuhan 400 virus is what they call it. But this is, I, I'm not, I kid you not, it, it comes out of a book and wow. they mention this virus. That's, and when, when was this written? Uh, I have it too. I actually have it here. Give me one second. Uh, I forgot to bring that up. Mm-hmm. From 1981, actually, uh, the eyes of darkness. Now you can just read that. Wow, <laughs> it's gonna blow your mind. <laughs> and this is from a book I'm reading this is from, from a fiction book. Or yeah, I guess that's what you would say, right? Uh, yeah, a fictional book that Justin just showed me. It says in in and around 2020, a severe pneumonia pneumonia like illness was spread throughout the globe, attacking the lungs and the bronchial tubes in resisting all known treatments. Almost more baffling than the illness itself will be the fact that it will suddenly vanish as quickly as it arrived, attack again 10 years later, and then disappear completely. I think I saw that before. I think I saw that somewhere. But that's crazy. Yeah, but that actually comes out of this book. Um, Actually, there's more to it. Um, If you want to read where those are circled. Um, It says, to my understanding, you, you have to go back. Uh, 20 months, it was around then that the Chinese scientist named Li Chen defected to the United States carrying a discid recording of China's most important and dangerous new biological we- weapon in a decade. They call this stuff Wuhan 400. Wow. Because it was developed at their RDNA labs outside the city of Wuhan. And it was the 400th viable strain of man-made microorganisms created at the research center. Wow, that's crazy. You know, you know, to to tie into that, you know, I was talking to one of my guys at work, and uh, I said, "You know how scary this is? Just think about it. Someone doesn't need a nuclear weapon to do real real harm to us. No. Indeed, they don't even need a, a real biological weapon to launch from a submarine or something like that." All they would need to affect the United States way of life is this type of biological weapon per se in the form of a virus. And they can they can bring America to its knees. Yeah. And that that's terrifying to think because it's happening right now, in my view, I think this is like a test run. I think we'll, we'll eventually get past this. Mm-hmm. But if you had a real adversary that had access to biologically creating these type of diseases or viruses, right. who's to say someone go into Central Park, put some down on the bench, put some somewhere in, I don't know, Manhattan somewhere, people touch it and it spreads like, like wildfire. And this brings everything to a halt. And because... Historically speaking, like, we as Americans, we have been protected because of our geographical location. Like, we live in North America. So, yeah, (laughs) we have water, Atlantic, Pacific, um, on both sides of us. So, our enemies can't really harm us. But now, with technology and these type of things developing, we can easily be touched. And our economy can crash. And we can become like a third world nation just just like that. Right. 
So the one thing that I thought about in this particular crisis is like, man, how vulnerable we really are. And it's scary to think because if something like this brings us to our knees or to heal, if you will, what will happen if something more serious happens? A more serious outbreak. Like, say, for instance, if the death rate of a virus or disease came out that people were dying at 30%, like people dropping dead left and right, we'll be done. Yeah, no question about it. I agree. So that brings me to, to this aspect of it. Um, us living in the last days, in the end times, and Jesus talks about how uh, in the last days there will be pestilences that things will spread and nation will rise against nation and, and vice versa and it makes you think is this a a marker of being the last days dealing with this coronavirus and if it is this should be an eye opener to many and it probably isn't to, to many about where they stand with God, where they stand with Jesus in the midst of this type of uh, situation. What do you think about that? Um, and I was, I was actually contemplating that, that thought. And, and um, I just think like now is the perfect time um, with everything at a standstill um, to, if you haven't already, turn to God. If, you, if you've been too busy, here's your time to spend with God. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think uh, a lot of us is Christians should be um, utilizing this time to get closer to God, you know, um, right. to, to hear what he's telling us, what's, what's coming next, you know, um, and also for, for us to encourage non-believers, you know, or, or to, yeah. uh, to speak with them, to, to uplift them, to give them some hope in these times. Um, I think it's just a, a way of us all turning back to God, this country turning back to God mm-hmm. and, and, and repenting of what we've been into lately because yeah. <laughs> we've been big into time. a whole lot <laughs> big time uh, and so yeah I, I think that this is uh, somewhat of a, a little extra side with the with the grace he's given us already you know mm-hmm. um, here take this time to, to come and, and get right with me you know? yeah um, where we go with it from here I don't know but yeah um, I believe that's that's what he's he's kind of telling us at the moment in so many words and, yeah I agree. I th- I think it should be a, a a a a time in which people, if especially if you're one that's really monitoring what's going on. I know there's some people I know, they're really freaking out over this thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm beginning to ask questions. I haven't, I haven't said it to them. Maybe I should. It's really think like you know if you're taking this thing this serious, you know where do you stand at with God? You know where is your relationship with him if if you know this thing is that serious like man if i catch this thing i'm full over dead type of thing then we need to have our house in order you know we need to be really really sure that we have been regenerated by the holy spirit been born again and that we know god through his son jesus because to tell you the truth if this is a a a a marker of the last days. This is absolutely really nothing compared to how worse it will get. Right. Um, with other things that's going to happen, other different various sicknesses and wars and economic collapse and all that and the different chaos 
they will be ensued by the, the Antichrist and things of the sort. Um, so I think, yeah, this should be something that should, at the very least, wake up people. It's like, man, you know, I could catch a virus and end up falling over. Dying. And that'd be it. Right. You know, um, so yeah, I, I think it should be an eye-opener. And that hopefully people will take it seriously. You know, one, one other thing I, I thought about, and I think we might have touched on it earlier when it came to this particular virus, was the coming... Um, 2020 election. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think, again, that this will have a major effect on that. Um, I still think that Trump's going to win, regardless, because I do think the Democratic candidates, whether it's Sanders or whether it's Biden, don't really stand a chance. Um, however, I do believe that because this has, this has come up, in some strange, weird way, they will try to use this as leverage to try to defeat him, um, depending on how things are managed. Right. I even think, maybe to a degree, there may be some other event that may happen before the election even gets here. We don't know. No. But, I, but, but I feel by just observing the last four years, they have tried everything they can to get him out of office. Um, I mean, and again, the man's not perfect. I don't agree with everything he says, everything he does. Right. However, when I think about the alternative, I'm glad he's in office and anybody else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so... You know, the world we live in, in the nation we live in, there's so much corrupt politics, corrupt media. I think anything's possible. As long as he's in office, I think there will always be something going on. Oh, I agree. Um, I just, I see this as a time where the enemy's at the gate, right? And he's trying to open it. Mm-hmm. Now, I think God's hand is on this, I believe, for another four years. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I think the door opens. I mean, depending on yeah. where we stand as a country in our in our faith, you know, uh, if we've really turned back to God for the most part, mm-hmm. I think maybe, you know, then we might not see that ending as soon. But, um, yeah, I, I just do believe there's another four years of grace left with this thing, but that they're really shaking the door. And at yeah. some point, that door is going to come down, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I even thought about this the other day. I said, I wonder, I just wonder, <clears throat> even if this thing is man-made, right, this coronavirus is man-made, I even thought, I said, is this potentially an act of judgment, you know, of of God in America, our political scene, our culture? Is this a way to get our attention? Um, because, again, with Trump in office... I think with him being there, he, because he's there and you, we can't go fully to the left as we were going under the Obama administration, Right. he is like a stopgap. Exactly. Without a question. Um, but then again, there's still a lot of corrupt things going on. So I think like, <clears throat> well, I'll get my, my thought back. Oh, yeah, but I was thinking about this act of judgment. Because I was thinking, like, you know, like in the Old Testament, God used 
human beings to judge. For instance, in Israel, you had um, them going into corruption, going into rebellion, idolatry, etc. He would raise up the Babylonians to come in and, and sweep them away into, into judgment. Or he would raise up the Assyrians and, or the Romans, etc. And I begin to think, like, man, like, you know, the way this nation has been, for instance, I look at the last, say, eight years, ten years, mm -hmm. going back to Obama, and I bring up the issue of homosexuality. And this is kind of a rabbit hole, but it, it's real. It needs to be talked about. But I begin to think, like, you know, we have normalized immoral behavior like it's nothing. Absolutely. I mean, you can turn the TV on. You can watch. You can watch a family show. I watch HGTV, just watching home building shows. <laughs> It's everywhere. And a commercial will come on the TV with two gay men and, and everything else. And I'm thinking to myself, how did we get to this point that it's acceptable? In fact, before the NBA, this, this ticked me off. Before the NBA canceled or suspended the season, I was watching a basketball game. And the team had a night called Equality Night. And I said, how... Did we get into a place in which now the NBA is celebrating homosexuality? What does homosexuality got to do with the NBA? Nothing at Nothing. all. Um, you know, I, I, I still stand by the fact that, look, um, I don't hold anything personal against gay folks. Right. You know, it's a, I agree. Obviously a sin. We all do it. Right. We all sin. Um, the same same time, uh, you know, you're going to do what you want to do. Right. right. Whether it's right or wrong. But keep it in your bedroom. Right. <laughs> Don't. It's not, it's not fair to, to, to um, you know, um, let that loose out in public in the eyes of, of innocent kids. Right. Corrupting the minds of children. Right. Confusing children. Um, now you have Dwayne Wade and, and, yeah, and, and his uh, son turned daughter. You yeah. know, I, I feel personally that 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 his wife, uh, Gabrielle Union, has more to do with that decision than he does. Potentially, you know, I, I just that's the way I see it. You mm -hmm. know, um, but just things like that, and it just um, it's now it's like they've made a. Uh, TV show tour out of it where they've been on all different kinds of talk shows, you mm -hmm. know, promoting this. And, and then now kids are seeing this too. They're talking about it. Yep. Yep. Like, oh, it's okay to, you know, uh, cut my privates off and right. uh, become right. what I feel I want to become. Right. Uh, yeah, it's just it's getting out of hand. Um, it is. It, it is. I, I think, man, I think ultimately it's a, it's, it's something that's, it's and again, as you just mentioned, I think when it comes to homosexuality, again, I don't hate homosexuals, nothing like that. In fact, if you want to be homosexual, that's that's your business. I mean, who am I? Because I, this is something I thought about even earlier today. I said, God gives you the right to do anything you want, right. and if He gives you the right to do that, then you can go ahead and do it. The problem is you're in error, you're yeah. wrong in what you're doing, but you have the right to do it. So I'm not going to. Go beyond his means and say, okay, you better stop doing this, although you should. Right. Um, but, you know, we'll always treat, whether you're homosexual or heterosexual, people with respect and dignity. But on the flip side, there needs to be truth. Um, and people need to understand that when it comes to 
and this is just one particular issue. I don't know why I even brought how I even brought this up, but oh, this is always talking about judgment and everything over the last several years. How we just went to the left, but um, but these type of things they they do have consequences, right? Um, <clears throat> and again, with going come back to President Trump. Again, he's not a perfect man. He says some really stupid things, I think, um, really dumb things. But on the flip side, I do think that he that he is the better alternative to anybody else from the left that will be in the office. Because as being a black man, I think about it and I say, it's like, especially when it comes to like um, the whole thing with homosexuality, in most black communities, that's frowned about, frowned on as being like, "Yo, you you better not be, or you know what else." And um, but it is amazing to me when this thing exploded. It was under a black president. Yes. Um, that to me was, I thought for sure when 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 President Obama was coming out with this stuff that the black community would rise up and say, "You know what? We done with you, bro." So so do you think maybe that was um. Uh, kind of set up that, you know, um, a black president pushing this agenda would definitely finally break down the walls of the black community and enter it. That's very possible. <laughs> because, if, be honest, but think about it. If, if if it was a, a white president and trying to promote... that trying to promote this, black then, folks would be like, nah, right. nah, right. we ain't having that. So the only way to really infiltrate the black community was through a black president. So, yep. yeah, you know, equality for all, yep. you know? And we've been stuck in that mode for the last. I mean, this is a, that's a whole another trip rabbit hole to go down. Right. Dealing with that, but but it's it's real. I think that's a good point. Like, if President Obama was a white man, I really believe most black folks would be like, "Nah, we we ain't going with you on that one, bro. We we're not doing that." But since he was black, the first black president, and probably will only be the only black president, probably that agenda passed, and we're still. Just like, I'm not gonna say stuck on stupid, but we still just no. We went along for the ride. Yeah, we actually, we we absolutely went along for the ride. Right. Um, yeah. And it's crazy because I remember when that first came out. It came out right before he came out. He came out with that statement right before he got reelected, and I thought for sure, like, yeah, we we ain't gonna vote for that dude. And man, they turn around. But you know, but no, that's what happened because I remember because. The, the the alternative was um what's his name? He passed away now. Uh the senator Oh John McCain. McCain and then that I'm not gonna call her name, but uh, the, Hillary Clinton. No, no, no. It was the the vice president he had. The vice uh his running mate, Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin, yeah. And I said, Oh no. It was like he's like you can't win. Right. Because like she was absolutely anyway, that was a mess. <laughs> but it's like, man, Ever since then, you look at what's going on now with the immorality in this nation is out of control. And now we're dealing with it. And I said, man, I wonder, is this coronavirus like something that really get our attention? I said, repent, turn, turn you know, from your ways. And of course, you know, we'll never know for sure. But I do think the writing is on the wall. That is something to wake us up. No, no I, I definitely believe it's, it's, it's a warning. Yeah. You know, um, that we either heed the warning. Or uh, there's worse things to come after that. Yeah, I believe yeah. so too. I think so too. I mean, come on, it kind of kind of follows along the lines of, uh, you know, um, Exodus. You know, um, mm-hmm. 
where the where the pharaoh's heart was hard, right? And yeah. God just kept this virus. I mean, uh, this plague, that plague, and right. he just still wasn't having it. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of kind of like us yeah. <laughs> here in America. You know, no matter what's yeah. thrown at us, nah, nah, I'm not gonna turn to you. Right. I'm I'm gonna do what I keep doing. You know, because we have, you know, unfortunately, I mean, it's a great thing to have freedoms, but I think that we we depend on our freedom too much. And then God's the one that's given us that freedom, but we don't go to him first. I think I heard someone say that the lack of freedom is not, I'm summarizing, the lack of freedom is less severe than having full freedom, but abusing it. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. And see, and this is something that people have to understand is God, have, he's, he's put in us, number one, a conscience. That's the first restraint against sin, against evil, against that, rebellion. That, that's his law written on your yeah. heart. Yeah. And we all have it. It's all, all there. Yeah. However, the conscience can get seared. And right. people can get more and more rebellious. So the second line of defense is your mom and your dad. Right. Your mom and your dad says, hey, now we ain't having that here. You're going you're gonna to be respectful. You're going to be honoring, etc." And the last line of defense is the state. You know, in Romans 13, it talks about they don't bear the sword for no reason. So when we get out of hand with our own selves individually, we begin to re- re- to buck back at our parents, and then you go out into the world. That's when the state gets involved, and that's when you can find yourself in prison. Right. Um, so all these different things are are just rolling in our culture, and I think ultimately, you know, if we do not return back to God. And again, I'm not. I'm not even saying that every human being in this nation is going to be a follower of Jesus. I mean, that would be great, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> but I, what I'm saying is a an overall change in attitude towards he, to, towards who he is, and a respect towards just common decency. Well, I mean, what in order to I think in order to see us in order to see that. Um, there, there has to be enough people that turn to him, mm-hmm. but I, I think you'll begin to see that uh, we've turned back once you see uh, morality come back into play. Right. You know, um, you know, say the liquor stores close on Sunday. Right, you know, right, uh, right, right. Just things go back to how they once were. Right. In a Christian nation. That's right. when you'll begin. You'll begin to see that, but yeah. no, no one knows. You know, I, I'd love to see that when this thing one day just you know is is gone. Mm-hmm. That people come out of their homes praising God. I mean, we don't know what to expect. Yeah, we you know? don't. Uh, that would be the, the the best outcome, I think. Uh, aside from whatever the economy looks like, or you know, yeah. God forbid, you know, where the death toll goes up into the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands. Right. But I think we need this humbling moment. It, it's as crazy as it is to say. I think we all yeah. need it. Yeah. I think yeah. we need to stop. Everybody's just been running too crazy in this country, doing. Any and everything, and yeah. I think we needed that hope. In yeah, a sense. yeah, and God, God, He understands. He knows what's going on. He yeah. knows a whole lot more and more than we can even imagine. So, but okay, I guess we can um, just wrap this up. Um, you have any closing thoughts on on anything or? Um, no, I just want to say you know for everyone out there to uh, stay safe. Um, uh, you know, follow protocol as far as. You know, uh, being clean. You mm-hmm. know? Um, Absolutely. And let's just help to uh, not create any further spread of this virus. You know, yeah. let's all do our part to uh, 
um, try to eradicate this thing and get back to normal life, you know, God willing. Yeah. I agree. I would, I would um, also say the same. I think, you know, maybe all take all the proper precautions clean your hands like we all should be doing anyway. I got a bottle of sanitizer <laughs> in the truck. <laughs> you know, um, and just and just be mindful, you know, of, of what's going on around you and stuff like that. And if you're sick, if you still have a job, don't go to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, at the end of the day, just take a step back and look at everything that's going on, everything we discussed today. I know we went... Well, some rabbit trails, but I think all the information is pertinent to this situation. So I would just say, you know, just take a step back. If you need to repent, if you need to surrender your life to Jesus, do it. And, you know, really take things serious because we are living in some very, very um, turbulent times, to say the least. So with that being said, I guess we'll close out and we'll meet you guys again in our next podcast. So we will talk to you guys later. Thank you.